When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on Mississippi State Football Eve. Man, this time tomorrow, we'll be at Davis Wade Stadium. Most of us. Some of you won't be there. I know you'll be there in spirit. And I'll tell you, the city has been alive with activity basically since yesterday. A lot of Bulldogs already in town. A lot of Bulldogs planning to go to the ballgame. I don't expect it'll be a capacity crowd, but I think as far as uh, FCS games go, <laughs> it's going to be really good. Kind of glad we're doing this early. We, to be honest with you, my preference would be to do it in uh, week 11. You know, the week 40 Egg Bowl. But uh, if you're not going to play it then, play it now. When you're going to get people there. We're not going to talk a lot about today, about uh, game day activities. I've already went over that on Wednesday. Again, afford yourself a little time. Things have changed. It's a good day. Already had a little SEC football action last night. We'll talk about that on the show. We'll preview the rest of the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about the Jaquarius Spivey situation. Very unfortunate deal there. I'll share with you what I've learned and uh, we'll move forward. But, you know, this is not going to be a whole show about Jaquarius Pivey. You know, we're going to get ready to play a football game with or without him. We'd love to have him. But as of now, we don't. It's a bad deal. Top ten list, uh, going to be me today uh, because the delicate genius that is my wife needs more time to prepare for a Nirvana list. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but here's the deal. I think one of the reasons she needs so much time to prepare is there's not 10 good songs. Just my opinion. I know that uh, I'm going to be in the minority there. I think the facts bear that out, though. Dare I say it, kind of a one-and-a-half hit wonder. Nevertheless, I'm going to give the people what they want. And uh, so many people have come up since she's been in town and said, hey, you did a great job on the top 10 list. Well, so we'll have her do that periodically. And again, it's going to be bands and artists that maybe I don't like. You know, she likes a lot of stuff. That uh, She's a rocker, don't get me wrong. Got tattoos and long hair and all that good stuff. Great face. Um, but, you know, she likes uh, Billie Eilish and uh, Nikki Heaton and people like that, too. That, you know, people that, that uh, a lot of uh, ladies these days enjoy. I don't really care for it, to be honest with you. I don't. So we may let her do some things. She enjoys it, you know. I think it's one of those things, too, where uh, especially bands that I don't like or artists that I don't like that she does, I think she likes being able to uh, to represent some of her favorite artists. So from time to time, we'll let her do that. We'll see. And uh, for those of you that haven't heard, our True Rats franchise, the first in Mississippi, is going to be at uh, 618 Highway 12 here in Stark Vegas. You can go to truerats.com and learn more about uh, the, the float spa experience. It's great. If you're a person that suffers with anxiety or chronic pain or just need to relax, we've got a cure for you. We do. I had a great time when I did it. 
I can't wait to do it again. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, my wife, of course, is uh, very active, trail runner. And so she's always looking for physical recovery. For me, it's more about the mental aspect of it. I mean, I'm a person, as soon as my eyes spring open in the morning, my mind is going a million miles an hour thinking about all the things that I've got to do today and all the things I'd like to do today and all the things that uh, I'm going to encounter during the day. And uh, so do, I went floated. It was like I needed like 15, 20 minutes just to kind of come out of it. And what I mean by that is the world just kind of slowed down for me. It really did. It was like a mental reset. So no matter your needs, I'm telling you, you're going to have a great experience. It, uh, it's very interesting. And again, I, I, I was a skeptic from the beginning. But once I floated for the first time, I said, you know what? I think the people of Starkville would enjoy this. I think we're bringing something of value to Starkville. That's one thing Dan and I talked about this morning. I'm not just excited for us. Because here's the deal, man. You know, I've been in a restaurant business. I've been in a radio business. I've been in a retail business. Of course, in the sports information business for a long time. I could have opened up any number of businesses. And I suspect they'd be successful. I really do. I mean, I could probably open up a Mississippi State merchandising shop somewhere around town. We could probably open up a little cafe, maybe even a little boutique. You never know. We probably could have been successful. I would bet on us every single time. But I didn't just want to do anything. I wanted to do something that was unique, that provided an experience you can't get anywhere else in the greater Starkville area, but also, too, something that I think makes your life better. I mean, how many times in life do you have the opportunity to provide an experience that improves the quality of somebody's life? And that's the thing that sold me on it. I thought, I got so much benefit from this, I thought you guys would as well. So True Rest, coming to Starkville, the first True Rest franchise in the state of Mississippi, uh, 618 Highway 12. And for those of you that are locals, you say, Steve, where is that? Well, that's the old chalet frame shop. And uh, it's in the same shopping center that has been uh, refurbished there behind Starbucks, right across the street from our friends at Strange, Strange Brew. Uh, just down the breezeway from us is uh, the new Power of the Almond Cafe. Yeah, if you're into that sort of stuff. Pet Sense, all that's right there, Route 21. So we're happy to be a part of that and uh, look forward to uh, serving you guys for many, many years to come. I don't know how many years i got to laugh. None of us do. But I want to do as much good as I can. In the time that I have left, I'm not terminally ill as far as I know, but I want to do something for Starkville. And uh, the, the thing that you guys are going to learn, too, is that I married a rock star. I did. I did. Love her to death. Absolutely do. And uh, really, in many ways, kind of happy to share her with uh, the, the city. You know, had so many people when she was a nurse at OCA, it says, yeah, your wife you delivered our baby or our granddaughter or our grandson. She's incredible. She'll do a great job for you. And uh, I will be there a lot. You know, matter of fact, I'll probably record the podcast up there some days. We've got a little office area up there. Let me set up a studio up there and just uh, do some things up there, you know. So I'll be around. So when you go in there to float, you never know. You may have your good friend and host to check in and walk you through it. We uh, met with a contractor yesterday. We're going to do our best to be open by the end of the year. You say, Steve, that's really ambitious. Well, so am I. Right, and I got a great contractor that we're going to be working with, and uh, we'll sign the contract here in a couple days. The good thing is we catch them at a good time where they're kind of in between some jobs, and uh, so we're excited about that. And again, spending the money locally, I'm a big fan of that. Support not only the local economy but support small business. 
whether it be in Stark or somewhere else. I can tell you, as a guy that owns a small business, I'm very receptive to that. You know, there are other people, I want to eat local and shop local and things like that. I, I do. And there, there are some things I have to get on Amazon because they're not carried locally. It's true. And sometimes, like when Dana was out in Albuquerque, it was just a lot easier to just jump on Amazon knowing that I could, you know, have her some stuff, a little care package delivered the next day. You know, so I get the, the convenience of it all. But whenever possible, I shop local. I do. And even when I travel, I try to shop and eat local because I believe in small business. Small business is what makes this country run. So uh, always, always, always buy, shop, and eat local. Speaking of eating local, it's uh, Bulldog Burger Company. And here's the deal, too. If you are around tonight looking for something to do, right? I told you guys we got some stuff coming up. And we do with Bulldog Burger Company. All right, so live music this evening. It's going to be uh, over in Tupelo. That's the Bonfire Orchestra, a local band over there. They'll be on the patio stage starting at 6 p.m. The event is sponsored by the Cathead Distillery. Your guests can enjoy the cooler weather with their Bulldog favorites. So that's uh, tonight. Secondly, Bulldog Burger Company in Ridgeland will be having a tap takeover. Well, you guys are big fans of that, right? It's the Chandelure Island Brewing Company. Going to be there on September the 6th from 5 to 8. 5 to 8. They'll be doing a growler giveaway. First place is 64 ounces. And second, third, 32 ounces. How cool is that? They'll be uh, featuring the Love Bug Sour, the Guava Jelly Sour, the H90 Surfside Wheat. Most excitingly, there'll be a special release feature of the Key Lime Pie Sour. There we go. That's pretty cool. So be sure and check that out. Of course, three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Star Vegas. Of course, uh, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. And uh, you know, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Go check out some live music tonight. And uh, to get more information about uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Chandelier Brewing Company, go to uh, Chandelier brew.com c-h-a-n-d-e-l-e-r-u-r-b-r-e-w.com out of gulfport mississippi we talk about shopping local there you go you go to bulldog burger company you can support an in-state uh, brewery brewery as well one of the great brewmasters i don't i don't drink anymore i don't i and you're feel welcome to right uh, my issues are my issues, but uh, the reality of it is, and many of you like to enjoy adult beverage, you can do that, and uh, pretty special events coming up. Again, live music tonight in Tupelo, and then the uh, Tap Takeover in Ridgeland on September the 6th from 5 to 8. And uh, we'll mention that again next week, just so you don't forget. But again, tonight, if you're looking for something to do, it's like you're in town or whatever, you're in Tupelo, or whether you live in this area or you're just passing through or whatever, maybe, maybe you're going to spend uh, you know, Friday with fr- friends and family before you head over to Starkville uh, tomorrow. Stop by Bulldog Burger Company in Tupelo tonight and have that great restaurant-quality hamburger with the spring rolls and, uh, and enjoy the Bonfire Orchestra out there on the patio stage at Bulldog Burger Company of Tupelo. There we go. There we go. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, let's look at uh, college football. You know, Vandy's already played a game. They won against Hawaii. Guess what is happening in Gainesville, Florida? 
I mean, honest to goodness, I, I, I picked Utah to win. I thought Florida would make this a more competitive game. It was not. It was not a competitive game. And the score is 24-11. And I don't know if that's indicative of how, of how well Utah played with a backup quarterback. Matter of fact, two backup quarterbacks. And they still win by 13 and cover easily. I picked Florida to cover, so I'm going to take a loss on that pick. But Utah, number 14 team in the country, I expect them to win. I think every, um, probably everybody outside of the uh, Florida fans thought Utah would win, especially at home. I mean, the Utes have become a really solid program under Kyle Whittingham. But it's a 7-3 ball game after one, and then Utah puts in 10 in the second. And uh, it's a 17-3 game at the half. And you think, okay. Florida's one possession away from making this thing really interesting. What do they do? They go out there and it's a tip ball off the hands of a receiver. It's picked off. And, of course, Utah cashes in. And at that point, the game was over, right? It was, it was a 24-3 game in the third quarter. <clears throat> and it was not good. That Florida offense, there was not a single redeeming thing about that offensive performance. They finally get in the end zone in the fourth quarter to go for two. Makes it 24 to 11. Uh, but again, the game was over. It was over. Uh, big play early in the ballgame. Money Parks, man. What a great name, Money Parks. I love it, man. I think if Dana and I decide to uh, have another kid, which would be almost, it would be absolutely impossible. It would be a miracle of biblical proportions. I think I'm going to name him Money Parks. Money Parks Robertson has a nice ring to it. Money Parks is great. Why didn't I think of that? But Money Parks, a 70-yard pass to Bryson Barnes, made it a 7 nothing ball game. And uh, from there, Utah just kind of took charge there. The, uh, the Mertz kid that transferred into Florida, uh, guys, it was not good. But um, you know, a lot of that, too, is, just, is play calling. I think it's the, the, the offense in and of itself is just not working. Uh, his numbers were not terrible, but there was a lot of check downs. I mean, tons and tons, like it's 31-44. Average completion, 7.6 yards. They did hit a couple of big passes, and he had 333 yards. You think, okay, we're going to go up there, and uh, we're going to have him for 300 yards passing. You think, okay, we've got a chance to win the game. They didn't. They didn't. One TD and one interception. And why are we not using Travis ATN more, Gator fans? You're probably asking yourselves the same questions. Seven carries, 25 yards. This guy's an NFL back. Why is he getting seven carries and one of those is a long of eight so you back that out of there then it's you know six carries for 17 yards and of course that's also a you know, criticism of the offensive line which is terrible but they give up half a dozen sacks it's terrible I, I don't get it I, I don't and uh you know Pearsall had a good game for them eight catches for 92 yards outside of that it was really nothing it was really nothing I mean if you're if you're Florida right now and you're looking at this offense against a Power 5 team. And Utah's good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Utah's a good team playing at home. But to go up there and score three points for three quarters, it's all you could manage? Not good, man. Not good. Is Napier in trouble? That's the question. We all expected this to be a losing season. And if, one of the best things about being a member of 247 Sports, one of the best things, and I listen, I get it. I get it. This is probably wrong. I'm just being honest with you. One thing that I like to go do is go read other boards as they melt down. And so this morning, 
over my morning uh, Coke Zero. I enjoyed reading the Florida's fans. I like, hear what they got to say. You know, they're not real bad, big fans of Scott Strickland right now. And I get that too, because you ever you think about this, you put you look forward to this for so long. Go, like, oh, it's finally college football season, and then you drop a game like this, even though it's to a better team. And, and that's the thing too. If they had lost 31-28, it would have taken some of the sting out of it. I mean, you still would have lost on the road against a top 15 team, but you walk away there with a bit of a moral victory and say, you know what? Maybe we're better than we thought. Maybe. And, again, I don't know how much the altitude had to do with it, but uh, uh, the boys from Salt Lake City kind of had their way. Second game last night was uh, South Dakota and Missouri. Didn't expect that to be a competitive ball game. Um, and it wasn't, you know, but it's 35-10 to 10 is your final. But if you're a team like Missouri, you, know, you, can't, you can ill afford to take any – game lightly. I picked it 38-13 Mizzou over on our jeanspage.com my message boards. Uh, just about that solid. Perfect there. It's 35-10, right? So the spread's the same. And uh, I don't remember what the line was. I don't remember seeing a line. We didn't. We, we picked the line. When we did the article, there wasn't a line. But uh, Brady Cook gets off to a good start. Um, you know, a couple of good touchdown drives there in the first quarter. Makes it 14 nothing. It's a 28-3 ball game at the break. And you can really tell uh, watching uh, the uh, highlights that Missouri was just trying to get in the locker room and get out of there. Both teams score in the fourth quarter to make it 35-10. But, uh, you know, again, I, it's difficult to know what to expect of this Missouri team. You know, Brady Cook is a really good quarterback and probably a guy that's unheralded within this conference because he's at Mizzou, right? But 17-21, 8.2 yards depth of target, 172 yards uh, passing, one touchdown. They bring in Horn is a reserve later in the ballgame. He's 3 of 5. He is responsible for the fourth quarter touchdown, also threw a pick in the game. Uh, Schrader from Mizzou, 18 carries for 138 yards, along a 42, also had a touchdown. Uh, Pete pitches in 52 yards. Brady Cook, also 17. All three of those guys had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Burden, the third biggest receiver in the ballgame for either team, seven grabs, 96 yards, a touchdown, along a 30. So, hey, we're good, right? We're off. To, so, right now, we're off to a two and one start. We got Hawaii right, we got Florida wrong, and we get Missouri right. Toss up game, obviously, between uh, Florida and Utah. Pick the winner right, pick Florida to cover. Doesn't work out well for us in that respect. So, uh, let's take. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. 
I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a quick look at the rest of the league. Again, I think it's a recipe for blowout city this weekend. Tennessee and Virginia are going to play uh, at noon Eastern tomorrow, so 11 Mississippi State time on ABC. Virginia is picked in the bottom half of their league. Tennessee is picked in the top 12 in the country. I like Tennessee big here. And big, you know, it's more than two touchdowns. I just don't think Virginia has the athletes to run with Tennessee. Uh, Ball State is at Kentucky. You know, I, I would love to see Ball State win this game and then watch all the Kentucky apologists have to kind of tread water the rest of the year wondering if this team is going to be bowl eligible. I saw something yesterday. So, one of you, our great listeners, you guys send me stuff every once in a while. And I do love looking at everybody's list, and I keep a lot of those. Somebody pick Kentucky to go 10-2. and two. 10 and 2. So you're going to win every toss up game, but you're going to lose to Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And how does Alabama factor in there? Hmm? Hmm? You sure? Yeah. No. I'd love to see Ball State win this game. I just don't think they will. I pick Kentucky. Western Carolina to Arkansas. And man, I'll be honest with you, I expect this to be an absolute bloodletting. I think it's, that's not breaking news. But when you think about a healthy KJ Jefferson, and a healthy rocket against a team of this caliber, you're going to find out the strength and condi- the difference in the strength and conditioning programs about 10 minutes in. There's going to be a size and strength advantage available to Arkansas here that may not reappear the rest of the schedule. I think Arkansas will do whatever they want to do. This will not be a ball game in the second half. The main thing for Arkansas is it's kind of like a lot of us. You just want to get the dub and get out of there healthy. Get some work for some guys. Get some things on film. Get ready for next week. But, yeah, Arkansas, man, come on. Arkansas is going to be a really good team this year. Maybe maybe their record's not going to reflect their talent level. There's just so much – there's so many moving parts to this. A new offensive scheme, the defensive scheme. A lot of things have changed. That defense is still a mess. I know they're eager to get back on the field. But um, Western Carolina is not going to be able to exploit any of that stuff. Mercer's at Ole Miss. Again, Ole Miss's list of things to do, just like ours in Arkansas. Win the game, get out of there healthy, get some guys some work. Simple as that. Mercer, I mean, come on. Maybe a baseball game would be competitive. You know, Mercer's had some good baseball programs over the years, but no, this is not, this is not a game that Ole Miss people should sweat. Again, you just want to get out of this thing healthy. UMass who was 1-11 last year, will be at Auburn. What a, what a great opening week. 
uh, for Coach Hugh Freeze and the Tigers there. Kind of a hapless opponent coming in there early. That SEC schedule is brutal. It always is. They'll feel good. And I'm sure Hugh will dial up a couple of trick plays just to make it interesting and entertaining. I've heard a lot of good things about Robbie Ashford. That uh, you know, he, he fits this scheme a whole lot better than he fit uh, Brian Harson. So it'll be interesting to see the quarterback run aspect of it, you know. And, again, that's the thing, too. When you have that that QB RPO type situation out in to one side of the field, you know, number one, it gives him the ability to be an athlete. But also, in addition to that, too, it simplifies the reads. You get over there to the right side, you get maybe two receivers, maybe you got a high-low concept or whatever, and if it's not there, you just tuck it and go, Right. So it simplifies the game a lot for him. And Ole Miss did a lot of that two-man football stuff when Freeze was at Ole Miss. Uh, but, yeah, this, this should be a blowout. And, uh, you know, not going to learn anything about really many of our teams, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, or Mississippi State. You know, you're not going to learn much about us this week. And we're all contemporaries kind of fighting for third place in this conference, you know, I mean, in the West. UT Martins at Georgia – Kirby's never been one to just actually hammer people. And I, I, I could see this when Georgia may be keeping it under 40. Because, you know, you know as well as I do, man. I mean, listen, Branson Robinson's injured now for the year. You hate that, man, kid out of Germantown. Man, you hate that, you know. But um, they'll they'll be able to replace him, sure. And Georgia win big in this ballgame. Texas A&M against uh, University of New Mexico. The Lobos, you know, there's a part of me, I think, you know what, hey, it's it's Zach Selman's, excuse me, Zach Arnett's alma mater. I should have some sense of, um, I don't know, compassion or rooting interest. I don't. I uh, spent a lot of time out in Albuquerque, you may have heard. And so, uh, nah, I'm not pulling for UNM. Now, would it be funny if UNM beat A&M? Yeah. You know what I really want to see, though, is I want to see the, I want to see the first, like, Petrino Fisher meltdown over play calling. Now, there should not be any trepidation or anxiety involved in this ballgame. There should be no reason for anybody to have a high-pressure situation. If they do, Ross Bjork ought to go ahead and be getting the checkbook out. If you struggle against this New Mexico team, uh, it is not going to be a good year. It's not going to be. But this, you're not going to tell anything from A&M this week. It's just as kind of getting them out there, going through the motions, kind of seeing how well we've done on install. And, again, what, what kind of wrinkles is Petrino going to bring? Well, yeah, when Bobby was at Arkansas, they were a lot of fun to watch, especially when they weren't playing us, right? Now, I'll tell you my Petrino moment, too, because, you know, I was on the sidelines a lot back then taking pictures. And uh, I had a great relationship with Nile Davis, great running back Nile Davis, nearly came to Mississippi State, elected to go to Arkansas. I absolutely love that kid. He's got an amazing story. And he fumbled late in the ballgame against us. And uh, I can assure you, nobody felt worse about that than Al Davis did. And I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling bad for this kid that I have gotten to know over the course of a couple years before he, you know, went to Arkansas. And he battles and works his way back from injury, becomes starting running back. And after he fumbles the football, he's walking to the sidelines, and you can see how dejected he is. And I'm sitting there reading, reading Bobby Petrino's lips. He's like, how could you do that? How could you do that? Well, how he could do it is he got absolutely totaled on that play. You hate it, but the human body can only do so much. 
And I've always, always, always remembered that moment. And maybe because I have an inherent bias because I'm a Nile Davis fan. But my opinion of Bobby Petrino changed a lot that day. And, of course, it had been all this other stuff. You know, he'd been rumored to be taken over at Auburn and, you know, meeting with boosters and everything behind Tuberville's back and, you know, left Louisville and then goes over and coaches the Falcons for a while and kind of leaves in a dead of night. There was already a lot of evidence to suggest that Bobby Petruno wasn't my cup of tea. But that moment for me, I just thought to myself, this, this guy's not, not the kind of coach I want leading players. That's, you know, you may feel differently, but that's how I felt about it, you know. There, should, there was already enough evidence to suggest that perhaps that was the case. And then, of course, uh, you know what happened later, you know, with the motorcycle accident, Dr. Evil quotes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to interview those witnesses about all that, but uh, it's behind us now. But nevertheless, I think it's going to be an interesting mesh of the egos between Jimbo and Bobby. And, of course, Jimbo's got the big whistle, so, you know, he can fire you, Bobby. But uh, if, you're, if you're Jimbo, too, you better be careful that you don't have somebody going and forming on you behind your back. It's difficult to reform shady people as adults. All that said, A&M should win and win big. Alabama A&M is at Vanderbilt. Clark Lee tries to do and say all the right things in the media. He talked about how tricky Alabama A&M is. Uh, let me tell you this, Clark. If you guys struggle with Alabama A&M, and all due respect to Alabama A&M, they just don't have the scholarship numbers. They don't have the resources for strength and conditioning that you do. And if this game is competitive, Vandy's in a lot of trouble, which they already are. This is one of the only two games. I, I've got them winning the first two games and losing the next ten. So I think this is probably the last one. And listen, last year I left Vandy for dead, too, and they ended up, thanks to Mike Wright, winning a couple ball games that we didn't expect them to. But you got to win this week. Middle Tennessee is at Alabama. Our buddy Jason Simpson, you know, uh, is a guy that uh, I guess Jason's at UT Martin. Excuse me. Uh, but Middle, of course, we got Manny Diaz from there. You know, we have a little bit of a relationship with, uh, you know, the folks up there at Middle Tennessee. As Manny says, they just call him Middle. You know. Um, yeah. Well, there will be uh, no salvaging anything this weekend. If you're MTSU, the Blue Raiders, I mean, uh, you know, and we, we, we spent some time up there. I mean, it, it's a beautiful part of the country. It really is. I can see why young people want to go to school there. But they're, they're going to see their uh, classmates get absolutely destroyed this weekend against Alabama. North Carolina and South Carolina, I told you guys for a while, I'm excited about this one. Again, this is a 6.30 kick. So we'll get through our game. And probably by the time you get to the tailgate, this one will be up and running good. And for us, we still got media. We'll have it on on press row or whatever, and we'll be able to get home and watch this. But uh, the night game on Saturday, North Carolina and South Carolina, this could be interesting. And listen, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks could give themselves some margin to work with. I think most people are expecting UNC to win this game. Of course, the game is played in Charlotte. So we'll see. But I, I like UNC, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. And uh, Spencer Rattler, too, for South Carolina. I mean, you know, so this is going to be about which quarterback plays better. You know, probably the guy that makes the big mistake, probably the guy that's going to lose. But I took UNC to win the game. LSU's at Florida State. I was been, I've been back and forth on this over and over and over and over again. I think after what happened last year, 
because Florida State has kind of snaked them on that game because OSU had so many problems in special teams in that game. You know, Malik Neighbors, former Bulldog commitment, some of you say serves him right. Malik Neighbors had a big year last year, a tough opening game. OSU's going to get Florida State. Uh, you know, it's like the more I think about it, and I was like, you know, you start looking at the mental aspect of it, you start looking at what's coming back. And the fact that Florida State played that LSU offense before Daniels really kind of came into his own. Like before Brian Kelly and those guys knew how to utilize Jaden Daniels, the offense is rather pedestrian. And that's even through the Mississippi State game. So they're going to see a much different brand of Daniels and LSU offense just go around. And I, I, while Florida State's got some athletes, I just don't think they have enough. So running back to your winners again <clears throat> for Saturday. We got Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, Mississippi State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Alabama, North Carolina, and LSU. That's how I see it. You may disagree, and it's okay. That's the fun part of it. It'll be a little bit different next week. You know, that, that's for sure. It'll be a little bit different next week. Just kind of get looking ahead a little bit. We'll see Ball State again. Uh, Vandy's at Wake. Ball State's at Georgia. Eastern Kentucky, Kentucky. Ole Miss is at Tulane. A&M is at Miami. Kent State's at Arkansas. Uh, Austin Peay's at Tennessee. Texas and Alabama. Middle and Missouri. Grand Bunyan's at LSU. McNeese is at Florida. Arizona. Night game for the Bulldogs next week at Mississippi State. Furman's at South Carolina. And then Auburn and Cal. So you've got some nice non-conference matchups. Probably about half and half, right? You got half of these games that'll be absolute dogs, uh, and you got another half. It should be really good games. And uh, so again, this week the recipe for a lot of blowouts with only a couple of games, uh, maybe three games. You look at and say, you know what? Hey, this is an interesting matchup, and one of those has already passed. That's the Florida Utah thing. Uh, but that UNC South Carolina game has the the potential to be a really entertaining game, and you know what? We're going to get uh, Sunday night with LSU Florida. It's Labor Day weekend, folks. You can stay up late and have a great time. But you need to stay up late in Starkville, Mississippi. But that's how I see the league. You may see it differently. But um, I'm ready to tee it up and start seeing those scores come through. And you know how much fun it is to watch the SEC Network, the SEC Now show, and get the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And Because uh, I, I just want to see what everybody uh, has to, to say as the season unfolds, because there's a lot of people that have said a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense. And so as these games begin to unfold, everybody after week one is going to be hyped up with the exception of Florida. Now, the argument's going to be it's just one game, and it is, but it's just one game of a season that is a, a big one. And I do not envy the position Scott Strickland is in. Because I, if the contract numbers that are out there are be to, to be believed – it doesn't make any sense to keep him another year because you're really not going. I mean, you're not going to save much money by waiting to do it next year. And that's the one thing about those Florida fans. You know, they got a ton of resources, but uh, they're a fickle bunch, man. They will. They'll bell on you in a second. Ask Dan Mullen. It's for sure. They expect to win there, you know. And uh, and Strick did a great job here, but he's in the deep water now. And he may have hired a guy that um, maybe wasn't ready for prime time. And I think that's what we're all kind of beginning to see. All right, time for today's top 10 list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Here's the deal. You never know when you're going to have to move. You know, right? Some of us, you never know. Some things happen. 
you get a promotion, you get relocated, whatever. I mean, there's always something. Maybe you decide to retire. I don't know. Maybe you're downsizing. Maybe you need to upsize. And when life throws a curveball at you, you need somebody that can stand in there and uh, and swing away. That's Blair Chandler. My friend, your friend, a friend to everyone in the mortgage industry, 601-500-2344. 601-500-2344. Uh, and Blair tells me, listen, we're closing Boneyard Loans regularly. Yeah, it's you know, before in the beginning, it kind of took a while to build. That's how this advertising things work. You get this ladder of awareness. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it kind of gets into your subconscious. And so, like, the first year, you know, close to handful of loans, guys, it's happening regularly now. So thank you so much for choosing Blair. And, and listen, you're doing yourself a favor. It's not like, hey, I want to just go to do business with Blair because he's a bulldog or I heard about him on the boneyard. You're dealing with a guy with 21 years of experience, excuse me, 22 years of experience in this industry. Top 1% close ratio in the country. Back to back to back years. You could entrust your mortgage in the hands of a lot of people, but why not do it with somebody with a proven track record within our fan base? That's Blair Chandler. Again, 601-500-2344. And be sure to ask him uh, when the time comes for your young person about co-signing and perhaps uh, kind of getting them established in life. It's an amazing thing. Okay, so um, again, uh, the lovely bride not prepared today to do this Nirvana thing, and uh, I- I'm okay with that. You know, uh, truly I am. But all that said, it's not as easy to put these lists together as some people think. Now, it's one thing if it's like your favorite band, uh, you can run through the hits, right? But, you know, if you're a fan like me, when I think about, like, if you ask me to put my top 10 Shinedown songs together, it's going to take me a day. I mean, it is. Because I was like, oh, because like, you know how does some songs just hit you at a certain point in life and they mean a little bit more to you? And then there's some songs that get overplayed, right? And there's other songs you kind of forget. Like, because when I'm traveling, sometimes I like to listen to albums in their entirety. But uh, so, yeah, it takes a lot of time and effort sometimes to put these lists together. But like, if you just told me, hey, Steve, could you rank and give me your top 10, uh, you know, rat songs, even though I, one of my favorite bands, I could probably put that together for you pretty quick. You know, because I listen to rap regularly. Steve, give me your top 10 Motley songs. Well, I, I could probably do that too because I've been asked that question so many times over the years. It's not as much, uh, you know, we, we, we take this pretty seriously, so it's not as easy as you might think. But Roy had the idea. Uh, the American Idol alums list did really well. A lot of good feedback on that. Uh, and so we decided let's go with American Idol judges. We'll just kind of piggyback off our own idea here about American Idol judges. And, of course, there have been several over the years and uh, didn't do them all. But uh, here are my ten. And um, I guess I should probably send this list to Roy. So hang on. Uno momento por favor. All right, we're back. Ready to go. Number ten on our list. Not really my cup of tea, but it's Nicki Minaj. And I went with Anaconda. I'm not real familiar with her catalog. So some of you say, Steve, come on. Uh, but she samples her mix a lot. How could you go wrong with that, right? I did like the song she did with G-Eazy, too. I did. Get some money? Yeah, you know that one. Number nine, and this one was a difficult one to do. Again, not my cup of tea, but it's Harry Connick Jr., a crooner, and it's like he's from a different era, right? It's like the big band stuff. But, guys, he has done a ton of covers, 
And they did the soundtrack for When Harry Met Sally. So a lot of those songs on there, you know, It Had to Be You. It's a Frank Sinatra song. And when Harry Connick Jr. pulled that off, a lot of people said it sounded a lot like Frank Sinatra. If that's your cup of tea, good for you. It's not mine. But I went with uh, a great track that he wrote off the She album, kind of a funk track called uh, I Could Only Whisper Your Name, which was part of the Mask soundtrack with Jim Carrey. Uh, I believe if memory serves me correct. That's the first time that we laid eyes on Cameron Diaz. How about that? Of course, Cameron Diaz, uh, famous from the Audio Slave song, doesn't remind me. No, it's a beautiful, beautiful, talented uh, actress was the uh, female lead in the mask which made it even better number eight again not my cup of tea i do like some country i'm just not a big luke bryan fan i think yeah it kind of comes off a little bit contrived and amateurish to me maybe you see it differently but uh the song that i've heard regularly within our fan base and around uh, duty noble field for years is that's my kind of night I know the SEC Network used it for a while. It's just about, hey, going out there and you got your hot girl next to you and you got your cold beer. And not that we promote drinking and driving on the show, but I'm all about having a good time too. I just don't drink. But uh, Luke Bryan's That's My Kind of Night, number eight. Number seven, love this guy to death, man. Been a Keith Urban fan for years and years and years. I know a lot of people say, you know, Steve Keith Urban's not really country. Well, you know, you call him what you want to. I, I just call the guy ultra successful guys amazingly talented there you know we've done a keith urban list and i'll tell you what you could probably update that thing every couple years because keith is still uh turning out good music guys had a great life but we're gonna go with kiss a girl number seven i want to kiss a girl don't you absolutely speaking of kissing girls number six on your list katie perry and no we didn't go with that song because you know she said she kissed a girl and she liked it um, we're going to go a different direction here. And, you know, maybe I've got, a, I probably should have put Keith Urban ahead of her, to be quite honest with you, but I didn't. It was a nice segue though, right? Uh, we're going to go with Waking Up in Vegas. And I don't know that I'll ever look at Katy Perry the same after her, uh, you know, dalliance with Ole Miss football, right? Like, oh, Katy Perry's an Ole Miss fan. Does that make you feel better about being an Ole Miss fan? Do you need some celebrity to be your fan, to make you feel better about your own fandom? Apparently, you do. Number five, and an absolute legend, it's Lionel Richie. The voice of the Commodores, he had an amazing solo career. And uh, one of the coolest things I remember watching, I think it was on Behind the Music, I watched a lot of those music docs, man, was uh, he met Frank Sinatra, and Frank said, you know, Lionel, you've had a lot of number one hits, but, and you wrote them all. It's, it's a rarity in pop music. Usually you have like a team of songwriters, but instead Lionel Richie's a guy that uh, has shared his soul with us, man. And I have in my uh, possession, I have a Lionel Richie Greatest Hits album. Matter of fact, I bought that thing twice. Yeah, that's right. I think I got two copies of it. One of them scratched up. Lionel Richie, a phenomenal performer. And I went with one that's got a little more of an edge to it. It's Running With The Night, number five. Number four, I remember the first time I heard this young lady sing, and I thought, if this is the direction that pop music is going to go, things are about to change in a very positive way. Because a lot of our pop stars of the 80s were very, very trendy, very fashionable, but not all of them could sing 
like this absolute, absolute siren of a songstress. It's Mariah Carey. Going back to the very beginning, Always Be My Baby. Had a little uh, R&B vibe to it. Love that song, man. I do. Number three, and you can say, Steve, how could you put this lady in front of Mariah Carey? Well, it's because she was American Idol host for a long time. She was a judge for a long, long time. And I remember the first time that I saw her perform. It's almost like seeing Cameron Diaz on, on uh, the screen for the first time. To see Paula Abdul, it's like, wait a minute here. You know, may need to refine my, uh, my taste a little bit. Paula Abdul, a very talented performer, a beautiful woman. She was a, a former L.A. Laker girl. And uh, got it all started with the song Straight Up. And that's where we're going to go with number three, Straight Up. Could have gone with uh, Cold Hearted Snake. Promise of a New Day could have gone that direction too. But uh, no, Straight Up, great song. Loved the, uh, the track on there too. But uh, Paula Abdul, very, very talented. And uh, a judge for a long time. You know, kind of, kind of reintroduced her to a new generation of fans. Number two, it's uh, Randy Jackson and Journey. Randy also played the uh, bass on the Divinals' first album. You remember the Divinals? I touch myself. That song, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. But no, they didn't make our list. Randy was also the bass player in studio and on tour on Journey's "Raised on Radio" album. I was in high school when that thing came out, and that was the, here's the thing: when Raised on Radio came out, it was like, you know, Journey had had so much success in the early '80s, and it felt like they were beginning to fade a bit. And they came out with this amazing album, Raised on Radio, which was kind of the story of our lives, right? You know, when I was a kid, we had four TV channels. Like nowadays, I mean, goodness, we got 900, right? It's nuts. It's also watered down. But Journey, a band from our childhood, was born again with Randy Jackson. This is when Ross Valerie was on hiatus from the band and uh, could have gone a lot of different directions here, right? Could have, could have gone with um, I'll Be All Right Without You. Could have gone with Be Good to Yourself. But we went with The Girl Can't Help It. She Needs Love. She hadn't found what she's looking for. Great song, man, and Randy Jackson performed on that album. And Randy, of course, has worked with some great performers. He was a studio session uh, player for many, many years. And uh, now really kind of a national celebrity. Number one, though, my favorite American Idol judge of all time. I know some other people didn't like it as much. And uh, I don't care. I don't care. Number one, it's Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Could have gone a lot of different directions here. And I uh, hope Steve is doing well. We have some mutual friends in the recovery community. And so occasionally I hear that he's doing well. Um, I've never met Steven Tyler. I have seen him perform multiple times. My favorite ride at Disney World is a rock and roller coaster. The first time that Disney guests have ever been turned upside down, the rock and roller coaster. And uh, America's Greatest Rock Band. You're like, Steve, no, that's no, true. You could make a case for the Eagles, but it's Aerosmith, okay? Because there were some times some of those Glenn Fry songs kind of took the Eagles into a country music direction and told Joe Walsh joined that band that they really want a rock band. I'm just, I'm just going to say it for what it is. But I'm going with same old song and dance off Get Your Wings, which is a phenomenal album. If you can get that, if you can find Pandora's Box, which is like all the Columbia album releases, you should. I have them all anyway. Love Aerosmith. 
Matter of fact, the Aerosmith logo was going to be my first tattoo, and then I just couldn't pull it off, couldn't get it together, right? And uh, I still don't have that, which is crazy to think, right? But Aerosmith uh, kind of been the soundtrack of my life for, for decades, man. You know, for me, uh, I got into Aerosmith in high school, you know, and uh, really what brought Aerosmith back for my generation was uh, when Run DMC had walked this way. It was a collaboration between classic rock and emerging rap that really changed a lot. And I think you can go back and you can look at that moment when music changed for young people. Like, and you're still reaping the benefits from it, right? It kind of like, well, wait a minute. If Aerosmith is, is cool with this, then maybe we should be too. And the next thing you know, we got Public Enemy and Anthrax doing Bring the Noise. And then in time, you have the franchise boys with corn, and you go all the way down the list, and you know, rock and rap, in many respects, is very similar because it is the music of rebellion. It is the music of inspiration. And there are so many people today that some of you that country and rap are the same. They're not even close. Not even close. Even with this homogenized version of country music we have today, it's not the same. It's not. Rock and rap very much cousins when it comes to America's music. And uh, again, it all goes back to Aerosmith and Run DMC's Walk This Way. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, they, you know, Joe Perry was reunited with Aerosmith, of course, at the time, and uh, they had done the Done With Mirrors album, which was not very good. Things were a mess, but when Permanent Vacation came out and Dude Looks Like a Lady and Angel and Ragdoll, and uh, probably my favorite track on that album is Hearts Done Time. Absolutely love that album. And I went out and bought it. It was the first Aerosmith album that I ever bought. And uh, it changed everything. Then, then Pump came out. The next thing you know, Aerosmith rises to a new level of, of, uh, of stardom with a new generation. And, and again, when you look at the longevity of this band and the fact that it's uh, you know, the original members, you know, there have been some uh, times that there have been some changes. But uh, by and large, it's the same five guys that started this whole thing in the beginning. And so it's important to understand that. There's some staying power with those five guys. So there you go. That's your top ten list for today. Again, one day next week, uh, we'll finally do Nirvana. I know some of you are excited. You think, oh, I never thought we'd do it, Steve. Yeah, well, the wife wants to do it, and so I'm going to let her do it. So I'm going to keep my fingers off of that, right? I, I don't want to do it. And I also want to respect you folks that are Nirvana fans. I'm sure she'll have some things to say that'll be factually inaccurate that I have to get on here and correct about the history of grunge music. But that said, I'm going to give her this mic and let her do that one day next week. Maybe it's Wednesday, maybe it's Friday. But uh, really happy to have her in town for ballgame weekends, not just to help. Uh, I can get pictures and kind of upload stuff and that sort of stuff. I can always use the help. It's not just that. Uh, but, you know, she hasn't been to a football game in a couple of years because of work. And so it's going to be great for her to have a chance to be uh, Davis Wade Stadium, and as she told you guys last week, it's not just about coming home to me, which is numero uno, uh, but kind of reconnecting with uh, with you guys and Mississippi State family. We went to Zach Arnett's uh, dog talk show last night and uh, ran into a lot of people and a lot of our friends, and uh, it was great. And uh, I'm sure I'll be back. I'm sure I'll be back to go enjoy that experience. But, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good any time that we can kind of convene together as Mississippi State fans, and just kind of focus on Mississippi State, that's always a great thing. Always, always, always a great thing. 
Next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a stock billion institution. Campus Bookmart has always been there for you. They always will be there for you whenever you need Mississippi State merchandise. You're looking for your interlocking gear. Maybe some of you said, you know what, Steve, I'm going to wait. And so I get to town, and I'm going to shop local. I'm going to spend my money at historical business. Well, thank you for doing so. But look no further to fill your merchandising needs in Campus Bookmart. Neatly positioned on the backside of campus. You can swing through there, pick up your new gear, put it on. Next thing you know, you're on the Mississippi State campus. Just take a quick ride there. Next thing you know, you're right there at your tailgate spot or at one of Mississippi State's historic sporting venues. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. And trust me, you need to buy some new gear. A lot of what you had for baseball or last football season, as nice as it may be, is not fresh. You need some fresh gear. I know years ago when, when I would bring Ani up for ball games, we always had to get some new Mississippi State merch. Did. It's just kind of part of the experience, right? And we came to everything. So we had a closet full of maroon. Perhaps your kids are similarly situated. Uh, treat yourself. Treat your family. There's some great Mississippi State merchandise from Campus Bookmark. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Jaquarius Spivey situation. I don't know how much time we spend on this, but um, – Okay, so let me let me give you some background here. Many people are like, Steve, what happened with Spivey? And sometimes you forget, not everybody is on social media. And those that are, there are a lot of people out there that just, um, you know, follow friends and family. So Jaquarius Spivey, as you guys know, signed with Mississippi State out of high school, spent a couple of years here, got in the portal, transferred to TCU, has uh, one season left. Wanted to come back to Mississippi State, spend it with his buddies, kind of close this thing out. He tweets out yesterday, I look forward to being eligible soon. Can anyone send me to someone who could help me, please? From his notes, I just got notified from my coach that the NCAA has stated I can't play this season because I transferred this spring from TCU to Mississippi State. During the time of that process, I was being told I could be eligible to play at any school I desire as a grad transfer because I had graduated from TCU on December 17, 2022. My delay on the decision was because we played in the NAFL championship on January 9, 2023, and school for TCU started on January 13, 2023. So I was rushed into classes by the academic advisor who does not work at TCU anymore for some odd reason. During that time, he said I just had to be in classes in case I was to not transfer and stay at TCU. I still decided I was transferring no matter what, so he told me I could transfer and leave and be eligible anywhere else. My reason for leaving TCU was to come to Mississippi State for my last year to play with the guys I had already had a bond with and thrive at the new tight end position. I want to know why I'm being punished for transferring when I took every step that I was told by high authority at each university. Can anyone point me in the right direction so I can help him play this season? So here is what I have learned about this. Apparently, this has been an issue for months, and it all stems from the fact that he enrolled for classes this spring at TCU. 
Now, I don't know all the legalities or the specifics behind that, but I understand because he enrolled for classes, he was considered enrolled there and then enrolled here. Uh, my understanding is that a grad transfer situation should really trump everything, right? This is a guy that is advised by the academic advisor at TCU. This is what you need to do to be eligible. You play in an NFL championship game, which, you know, that's an elongated deal. So it's not like, okay, well, he just all of a sudden decided to transfer. If he is to be believed, and I have no reason to doubt him, he informed TCU of his intentions to transfer prior to playing in an NFL championship game. So basically the way this thing is set up is because he was in an NFL championship game and then followed the advice of a TCU advisor – that has made him ineligible to transfer, and he's already used his one-time transfer exception, so it would require a waiver. I understand that he has been turned down four times since the transfer, four times. And a lot of people, the first thing that I notice, there's always some people out there like, oh, well, Mississippi State didn't do something. Guys, your compliance department have worked on this four months, Everybody was optimistic this is going to be taken care of. There was no reason to believe it wouldn't be. And now here we are, and he's not going to be on the dress list. Now, hopefully it can get resolved. I mean, and let's just kind of say it for what it is. Jaquarius Spivey, a nice piece for us, especially considering that, you know, we had to build the tight end room up from nothing. But he's not a pro prospect. I mean, right? I mean, the chances of him playing in the NFL are just remote, Right. And we talk so much about the student-athlete experience. And Zach Arnett touched on that last night during Dog Talk. Is you know, It's supposed to be about the student-athlete. Well, how in any way are the best needs of the student-athlete protected here? What does this young man get out of this other than a chance to play his final year of eligibility that he's earned all because of some paperwork? And it's... Jaquarius mentions he's no longer at TCU. I don't know if he left of his own volition, if he was fired. Don't know. Don't know what the situation was. But at the end of the day, the adults in the room have to do what's best for the student athletes. Now, you would think TCU could step up and say, hey, you know, hey, we don't oppose this waiver. There's a young man that came in here, didn't play as much as he wanted to. He's got a chance to go home, be closer to home. Should all be pretty easy, but it's not. So yesterday, a large number of you all, either on Gene's page or Facebook or Twitter, either tagged me or messaged me directly and said, hey, Steve, do you think you could reach out to Tom Mars here? You know, Tom Mars and I worked together during the Houston Nut, Hugh Freeze era of, uh, of my life. You know, ultimately, Tom and I worked together, and it was the records that Tom provided to me, which I found the phone call that changed everything. So Tom and I have a friendship. We still interact from time to time. We don't we don't we don't talk every day like we used to. You know, people forget people forget and all this stuff too. That uh, the reason Tom Mars contacted me in the first place through a mutual friend is uh, because of Houston Knight. You know, because Houston Knight was being defamed and uh, falsely being accused of uh, so many things to protect. Uh, the, the current staff, the staff that was there at the time at Ole Miss, not the current one, but, you know, when Hugh Freeze was there, you know, the, the, the powers that be were trying to protect their program and their personnel at the time 
And so people were kind of scapegoating Houston Nutt. And we were able to prove that. And there was a lawsuit that was filed. It wasn't a defamation suit. It was basically a uh, contract dispute. It was a breach of contract lawsuit. Because just about every separation agreement in college athletics has a mutual disparagement clause that one side won't talk poorly of the other. And Ole Miss violated that. And they settled the case. And uh, to kind of give you some background on that, too, just just so you know, because nobody ever talks about this aspect of it. So what we learned, and I say we, me, what we learned in those phone records is – there were a lot of uh, Ole Miss-friendly sports writers. I, 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 I'm reluctant to call them journalists. But they were water carriers for the Ole Miss administration. And so what we were able to do is, and again, me, what I did is I got those phone records because I want, it was all this broke. The Pat Forty story broke about the major investigation. It was the same weekend of Ole Miss's big recruiting weekend. Shea Patterson, all those guys were coming in. So apparently everybody panicked. So everybody gets on the phone. Kyle Campbell gets on the phone. Ross Bjork gets on the phone. Hugh Freeze gets on the phone. And so I go through, and because I'm in sports journalism, able to connect some dots here. There were calls made to Ed Ashoff, calls made to Bruce Feldman, calls made to Stephen Godfrey, and many others. Some other names that you know, you know, even more localized. And then within... Minutes, within a minute or two, these tweets started getting fired off. Multiple sources confirmed this, and everything they said was completely false. Everything. And so I took those phone records, and we put a timeline together, and we just basically matched them up. Ed Oshoff, God rest his soul, got a phone call from this person and immediately fires off a tweet. And so... There was the weaponization of social media in the hands of Ole Miss-friendly reporters. They weren't journalists. They're reporters reporting what they're told, not vetting it out. There weren't multiple sources involved unless they happened to speak to to, uh, Kyle Campbell and Ross Bjork. But my point being is that that's what brought us together. And then after all this stuff happened, uh, you know, with Hugh Freeze, and we've talked about that at at nauseum. I even wrote a book about it, and uh, which turns six tomorrow. How about that? Flim Flam has its sixth birthday tomorrow. The official release date was September 2nd. Um, my Facebook memories today are filled with pictures of people with their first copies of Flim Flam. So if you want to read about all that stuff, get you a copy of Flim Flam. But in the middle of all this, you know, we, we began to have these eligibility issues pop up. And Hugh, and Hugh Freeze's, uh, you, know, you know, departure from Ole Miss there were some players from Ole Miss that wanted to leave and so Mars ends up representing them and then he begins to develop a name as a person that uh, you know can kind of get things done and so he's handled several of these eligibility cases and had a tremendous amount of success and so obviously people were aware of that I mean he had a situation here a couple weeks ago with Marshall and Charles Huff where they were able to get a guy eligible who hadn't been eligible in a long time and so People are like, hey, Steve, can you could you reach out? And it, it's not about Mississippi State. Let's I'm gonna be honest with you here. Mississippi State is not not likely not gonna win or lose any more games than we ordinarily would because Jaquarius Bobby doesn't play. Do we want him to play? We absolutely do. But that's the selfish side of the situation. At the end of the day, what's best 
for Jaquarius Spivey. Well, what's best for him is to let him play. Are we going to go to the playoffs because Spivey played? No. Are we going to lose to southeastern Louisiana because he doesn't play? No, we're not. But in the balance of all this is a young man that did everything that he was told to do by people who were paid to protect him and his eligibility. And now he's ineligible. That's a problem. It's not like he didn't make his grades. It's not like he decided to substitute one course or he tried to play the end-around game. This guy earned a college degree. And that was the whole point in this grad transfer thing. Is this was about, hey, we're going to reward guys that do the right things, guys that make their grades, guys that get their degree. We're going to reward them. And you know what? If they graduate and you go back to the whole Russell Wilson thing, right, the first high-profile transfer, it's like, hey, we want to make sure that we don't forget the student part of student-athlete. And so, hey, you become a grad transfer, the rules don't apply to you, man. You can pack up and you can go, and you can play your final season provided you have eligibility remaining. That's what Jaquarius Spivey did. And then because of the fact they had the elongated season, somebody there said, hey, hey, you know what? In order for you to be eligible, you need to enroll for classes. Now, that may have been wrong. That may have been bad advice. But that's the information that he was given by an adult who was compensated by the university at TCU. And I'm not blaming TCU at large, but there's an individual here who was a representative of TCU that appears to have misinformed this young man and given him some poor advice. Now, we've been hearing for a long time that he was looking to leave as a grad transfer. We didn't know if he's coming here, and we knew there was some academic things that kind of had to work through. But the reality of it is is even if he needed the spring semester to complete the requirements for his degree, he would still have been eligible to, uh, to transfer. I mean, what, what do we gain by having a guy go through spring practice? He still would have played. I mean, he shows up as TE1. Him and Rylan Godet are TE1 and 2 because we didn't have any tight ends. So it's not like he was held hostage. And like, oh, well, you want to be the starter. You got to come here in the spring. And then he just stabbed TCU in the back. That's just not the case. And so you would think that a reasonable person could look at this situation and say, you know what, hey, come, hey let the kid play. Right? It's not, listen, it's not like he's Reggie Bush. And at the end of the day, his talent level should not have anything to do with this. This is simply the right thing to do. But to rule him ineligible and then to deny him over and over and over again, obviously he has worked through football-related activities and is prepared for the season, and that's a thing too. Guys, we only get to play football about three months. That's it. You get September, October, November, it's done. And so basically we've got 90-plus days here in order for him to play. And we know for a fact, unless something changes here at the 11th hour, he's not playing tomorrow. So he will not get the opportunity to play in a season opener because of a clerical issue and some bad academic advice from some people at his previous school. Again, that's if he's to be believed. I spoke yesterday with Zach Selman. I said, Zach, I've got a connection with Tom Mars. I'm going to connect you guys. I don't know if it'll help, but I know that if there's anybody that can get it done, a third party that can help get this thing done, it's Tom Mars. I shared his number with Steve Smith. I spoke at length for, with Zach Selman and said, hey, listen, this, is a, this situation's wrong. Tom's had some success here. 
And so here's my connection to him. I can vouch for him and tell you that not only is he a talented lawyer, he is a great person. And uh, he and I don't agree on everything. But I know that Tom has a heart for student athletes. And Tom's like, hey, I'm not doing as many of these cases anymore. It's usually like if somebody on behalf of the school contacts me, uh, then I'll look into it and see if I can assess. And trust me, Tom is not a guy that's just sitting around looking for work. That guy's always busy. He absolutely is. He's an incredible guy with an incredible track record. So I make the connection there. Ran into uh, Arnett, of course, last night. I just kind of brought him up to speed. You know, didn't ask him any questions. Said, hey, here's what I've done. Here's what we're doing. And uh, see if we can't help a little bit. Of course, he's very appreciative. At the end of the day, you know, Zach Arnett, Zach Selman, Steve Smith, everybody involved in this on the Mississippi State side, what they're thinking about is this young man. As I said earlier, it's probably not going to make a difference in our win-loss record. I mean, you know, hey, it's not that we don't want him. We absolutely want him to play. That's why we signed him in the first place. That's why we went back and signed him again the second go-around is because we value his ability. So this is not a selfish undertaking. It's not like Dak Prescott. We're trying to get Dak Prescott eligible. It's not like he's a starting quarterback, right? We have some people that can fill that position. And his his numbers through his career are are not like eye-popping. And that's the thing. You look at this. It'd be one thing like if State had taken a guy like off the scrap heap of college football and said, hey, he needs a chance. Like uh, you, you look at this, you know, Arik deal, right? Was it LSU? Was going to go to Florida, ends up at Nebraska, gets arrested for breaking into a place and stealing some vapes and things like that. These situations are not similar in any way whatsoever. It just so happens they're both playing tight end. You you hadn't seen Jaquarius Bobby's name connected with anything like that. Again, we're talking about a college graduate here. We're not talking about a guy that's been a vagabond of college football that continues to get opportunities simply because he is an elite athlete. He was a guy that was rated the highest of uh, in his position in the history of the ranking situation, right? It's got nothing to do with Jaquarius Bobby, and it's so crazy to think that kid could get a waiver after all the things that he's been a part of, and he can get granted eligibility this year, and, and then – and I don't know for sure if that's final, like with, with him. I, I don't, to be fair. But Jaquarius Spivey's not done anything wrong. It's not like Jaquarius Spivey got ran off at TCU because he was charged of breaking and entering. He just simply wanted to come back and finish what he started here at Mississippi State. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter his position. The bottom line is this, is this young man, based on the information that I have, is being treated unfairly. Simple as that. And because of the fact that I have a relationship with Tom Mars, again, it's not like we uh, go watch Motley Crue together or anything. You know, we, we keep in touch. There's really no, it's been, six, it's been six and a half years, right? I mean, there's no need for us to continue to talk unless there's something that comes up, and things do from time to time. But I made the connection. Here you go. Here's his phone number. Here's his phone number. You guys speak. You know, I made an introduction to the powers that be at Mississippi State with a friend, to a friend of mine that may be in a position to help Jaquarius Spivey. I don't know if it works out or not. I can't sit here and tell you that. I don't know. But I also noticed, too, that there are a few people that, um, that uh, didn't like Flim Flam. They're like, 
Well, why is he involved in all this? Why would you not be? Why, why would you not be? It, just, it makes no sense to me. I, I have had numerous people in the last six years that have reached out to me trying to reach Tom Mars. Or like, hey, and a lot of these people were involved in eligibility cases. It's like, hey, my son or daughter or whatever, we even had one deal that was a softball thing. And they're not granted eligibility. And it just so happens this time it's a Mississippi State guy. I mean, so like if somebody contacts me because they've got a problem in Florida or Arizona, I'm not going to go report that. Not everything is everybody's business. But because of the fact Jaquari Spivey is in the news yesterday, I want to assure you guys, hey, we're doing everything we can. And we're doing some things that perhaps that uh, will benefit Aquarius Spivey. And I'm not going to be criticized for it. I'm not. I'd do, I'd do it for anybody. If I thought this was a situation where uh, a good person or somebody that I had a relationship with um, was being unfairly uh, maligned here. You know, and the fact that Mississippi State has tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to get this thing done the right way over and over again, you may have to use some outside intervention. This may require an injunction. I don't know. You know, we, we went that path with Larry Gillard years ago in the 70s. That didn't work out well for us. And obviously we've learned from that. But the reality of it is, is this doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Doesn't make any sense. So why should a young man in his final year of eligibility be held hostage because the adults in his life let him down after he earned his college degree, after he put in his four years? He's done everything that everybody's asked him to do, and now it's all being dumped on his doorstep. And here he is having to go to Twitter to beg for help. What would you do? If you were in that situation, if you were in that situation and you found out that a young person did not have the ability to finish up their college dream and you could make a phone call that might make a difference, wouldn't you make it? Of course you would. Of course you would. So I don't expect to see him dressed out tomorrow. Um, again, unless something incredible changes today. But uh, I have read some things that have been inaccurate. People are like, oh, well, this is the final waiver or whatever. Uh, that's not true. That, that's not true. It's not like there's this formal appeals process where you got to go through all these steps. Okay, well, this is it. Uh, when the NCAA rules on a waiver, in their minds, it's already final. Then you could go back and request a waiver for a different reason and kind of restructure your request, and then they would have to rule on the merits of that argument. And so there's always some things that can change. So if you, if you have read this is it, you're, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Because Tom Mars could take this and say, hey, this is, here's the situation. And he may think of a fresh approach that maybe our people, our legal team, or our compliance people hadn't thought of. And that's not to say that Tom Mars is the only person that can handle this. There's a lot of people that could. And maybe somebody will. And maybe it's Tom. If not, maybe it's an associate of his. Or maybe it's some, a lawyer some, somewhat connected to Mississippi State. I don't know. But I know this Tom Mars has had a tremendous batting average against the NCAA and if I was going to if my children were involved in this that's a guy I would want to work with simple as that so we'll see we'll see what happens but uh, that kind of brings you up to date on what I know what I've been told and I haven't worked on it at all today I'm just gonna let we're gonna let the adults work again I've made the introductions this is who you need to contact and maybe he can help 
can't make any guarantees, but I know this is a guy that uh, has done a good job in the past. And so um, it's what we do. It's what we do. All right, you may have seen by now that we have hired Justin Frommer away from the Columbus Dispatch. Of course, uh, the Dispatch, you know, we gave them plenty of notice. This is something that's been in the the works for a while. Uh, Justin's a guy that uh, interned at 247 years ago uh, with Michigan State, and so we're happy to have him come aboard. Uh, The Dispatch has already brought in uh, Benjamin Rosenberg, a guy that uh, a graduate of Northwestern, from what I gather, and his first day on the job is today. And, uh, of course, we announced Frommer this morning. They come right behind us and announced Benjamin. Uh, it was important to me to do things the right way here. Uh, I'm a big proponent of that. i got to deal with the dispatch, right? i got to deal with uh, the Starville deal. i got to deal with the ledger. And, you know, there's no, been no love lost between me and the ledger. But I love Steph. I think Steph's amazing. Uh, he's a great guy. I love being around Steph. But the reality of it is, is got to do what's best for my business. And uh, we had an opportunity to hire somebody else that's going to help us with uh, some team coverage. And so rather than go out there and go get Joe Q fan, I wanted to go get a somewhat more objective voice. I wanted to get somebody with uh, a journalism background, not a reporter background, not a fan site background. I wanted to go get somebody that I thought would bring some things to the table that maybe I don't and the rest of the crew maybe a little bit different. It's like we go hire Neil Stubchinsky, former Mississippi State and Northwestern talent evaluator, a guy that did all the cut-ups, guy that did scouting reports for pro teams and for college teams. We're able to go get him on a part-time basis and bring him and let him give his scouting reports of the players at Mississippi State is recruiting and committed. Nobody else has that. We go out and get Rian Young, a guy that uh, has been very, very connected with recruiting in this state now for a couple years. And, uh, you know, he is a guy, too, that just has a passion for recruiting doesn't have a journalism background but he has a passion for recruiting and so we're you know we're all going to work together you know we'll get him up to speed he's going to do a great job and so when i took over gene's page i told you guys there were going to be some changes and there are more changes in store because i'm not a status quo guy you know there are a lot of people out there it's like once they reach a comfortable standard of living they just kind of quit pushing right it's like oh well this is good enough listen i don't know how much time i got left right and i probably got less time as a journalist left than I do in life, right? I, I'm not a kind of person that I expect to work every day of my life. I, I may continue to write books and get on this microphone and talk with you guys, but I don't know how many years I got left. I've been writing about Mississippi State since 1997. It's a long time, 26 years. It's a long time. I spent a lot of time on the road and my family's made some tremendous sacrifices so I could chase my dreams. And so I, I don't know how many years of this I have left. And in many respects, especially on the recruiting side of this, I'm a dinosaur. I've been doing this longer than anybody. There, nobody has done covered recruiting, Mississippi State recruiting, longer than me. Nobody. And so I began to think about that, you know, but the, not only the, the whole legacy part of it, and just the totality of your life. You know, I mean, how many phone calls do you have in you to high school kids, Right. And so I wanted to get a little younger and kind of bring in some new blood, but also people that were a little different from me, you know. And there's a lot of, of me and Rion, I'll be honest with you. When I, when I, Rion's the kind of guy, he'll call me every day. He's all excited about this player and that player. And it's been good for me too. Matter of fact, uh, the wife and I are headed over to Winona tonight to watch Winona and Grenada play. 
And we'll get some video. I think that Fat Clark is terribly underrated. I think T.J. Lockhart is a guy that's probably a little bit underrated too. Uh, his younger brother is going to be one of the top players in the state next year. So we're going to go over there and see them. And, of course, there's Aaron Travis, Southern Miss Commitment. So we'll get some pictures of him too. And we'll upload them in our system to help our friends out at Southern Miss. Because that's what you do. That's what professionals do. You know, we're a team, right? And so there's so much of that that goes on and goes into this. And listen, we got an amazing team. We do. And they're, you know, I got some guys that are going to age out. I got people at times that may leave for other opportunities. And so I have a responsibility to always make sure that our business, which is the biggest business in the history of Mississippi State coverage, continues to be number one, continues to evolve and grow. We've had some amazing people over the years that have worked with us. People forget that. We've had a lot of people that were some of the first articles they ever wrote publicly were on Gene's page. You know, it's it's true. And so when I took over officially, of course, I'd kind of been the day-to-day operating manager, kind of the COO for years. But now all of a sudden I got to get involved with a lot of other stuff too, and it takes away from my writing time. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't want to sacrifice the quality by reporting because like every time somebody loses a password, they contact me. They didn't do that before. Anytime somebody has a dispute with another uh, user, they contact me, you know. And usually my advice to them is just put them on ignore if you guys can't get along, right? Simple as that. But there's a lot more to it these days. In addition, I got to do the show, wrote a book, you know, launching a new business. And, uh, but things will calm down, and, and they have considerably uh, here in the last uh, few weeks. And, of course, uh, wife will be home full-time soon, so my mood will be a lot better, I can assure you. But the reality of it is, is I owe this to you. You know, it's not just about me. It's not just about our ability to, to make a profit. And we had a record year last year and on pace for an even bigger one this year. And so we're going to be around. And my hope is, even after I'm gone, that I can pass the baton to somebody else. And that's the hope, you know. So you start bringing in this next generation of writers. And guys, when I first got started, I was scared to death. I was so so incredibly insecure about writing. I didn't want to be judged. Not, there are a lot of times I don't even want uh, Mike, I mean, excuse me, uh, Gene or David to put my stories on the front page because I I, I, I had this this imposter syndrome type thing. I was like, well, David's a better writer than me. I've been reading David Murray my whole life. I don't want my story to be above David's, you know. Uh, that was never a David thing. That was a Steve thing. And so I love Dave. I love Mike to death. I do. I have no idea how long they're going to work. They're probably going to work longer than I plan to uh, in the totality of their life, you know. But this stuff gets in your blood, man, and you get excited about life, and you get excited for a new football season. And uh, I have to make some difficult decisions at times. You know, and uh, there are a lot of things that pop up. I mean, you know, it, again, there's there's stuff that's on my plate now that wasn't before because I'm now the I'm the owner operator of this whole thing. And and I'll be honest with you, and, and there's some stories that I'll tell later uh, down the road. You know, guys, when we walk into 247 Sports in Nashville uh, to discuss the potential merger, I walked in there not wanting to do the deal. I mean, before I even heard them out. I was like, you know what, I don't want to do this because we had competed against those guys for so long 
And, uh, you know, I used to always make this comment because when I worked for Fox Sports, I used to say we're a name, not a number. You know, um, I'm a competitor. And at times I'm probably too much of a bitter competitor. It's the truth. And uh, one of my biggest flaws, I think, is that I, I'm, I can be a very vicious and vindictive person. I'm just admitting that to you today. That's just kind of how I am. I'm the kind of person I always feel like I have to win. I hate losing worse than I hate anything in my life. It's true. Uh, and that, that encompasses a lot, right? Because I'm a competitor. And so it's important for me to understand and for you guys to understand is that this is bigger than me. This is bigger than all of you. And when I think about basically the institution that's been built and the relationship that we have with the university and so many of you and coming to us in record numbers for your news on Mississippi State, yeah, it's, it's bigger than me. You know, when I was younger, we had a deal where, uh, you know, basically, you know, the Clarion Ledger broke all the big news stories when it came to Mississippi sports. And then things began to evolve, and you began to evolve. You know, in the beginning, you know, everybody just waited to see what was in the paper, because if it wasn't in the paper, it wasn't true. That was the big thing, too. And I think it all started with a newspaper journalist that said, hey, if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true. Well, it turned out in, t in times we were true. And we could update news right away. They would have a story in the morning. They're done for the day. And then we, we could update things as they happen. And in times, they kind of became us. And so now a lot of papers, you know, they went to blogs, and then they went to, uh, you know, to have an online updates and things like that. And so the people that used to look down upon us became us. And now guys like Justin Frommer are leaving the print media for what we do because they see the career path to be a little bit better. And not to mention, I mean, you know, working for the Columbus Dispatch is interesting how that whole thing is set up. The Columbus Dispatch writer, uh, by and large, has to do everything. That's men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, whatever there has to be done, they cover it. Well, you know, when you join a team like ours, there's a little more of a centralized focus. And so um, happy to have him along for the ride. And uh, he won't have to do much baseball. He, he's not required to do it. He'll do some, but he's not required to do it. I and mean, we've got an army of people and – you know, we're going to approach this. And, you know, the way that I've always looked at that is like, you know, hey, I remember we had two stories a day, and we thought that was a big deal. Guys, on Wednesday, we did 11. 11 stories. We'll do double-digit stories again tomorrow. I mean, if you're looking for news about Mississippi State, you come to us. That's not to say there's not some talented writers out there that are writing some very good feature work that I'm somewhat envious of at times. It's true. There's a lot of people out there that do some incredible work. And unfortunately, I can't hire them all. But we hired Justin Frommer. And, um, you know, Justin's a guy that's uh, you know, from Michigan. He's a big Red Wings fan and Pistons, you know. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some discussions about that sort of stuff. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that uh, we saw this as an opportunity to improve our site and improve the content that's available uh, to you guys. And this is a guy, too, that, again, he, he – and that's come from Mississippi State background. So I think it gives us a little different deal. It gives us a much different voice in addition to what you have with the rest of us that come from a Mississippi State background. It's a different dynamic. And so we're going to try it, and uh, I'm excited about it. I think he brings a lot to the table. And uh, I'm just kind of eager to get everybody up and trained. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, you know, but the reality of it is I'm, I'm just not a status quo guy. I'm not just going to say, well, you know what, this is fine. 
you know, I'm always looking for ways to improve myself and to improve our staff, you know, and, and I try to go out and hire coachable people. But at the end of the day, it's not just about a paycheck. It's a passion. You know, I want to look back one day when I'm, you know, done with all this, and maybe this is my vanity speaking, but I want people to say, you know what, man? Man, that's Steve Robertson. That, that guy really gave his all to cover Mississippi State. That guy gave us something that nobody else ever did because I love all of you, and I love Mississippi State. And I love reporting about Mississippi State. I love the relationship that we have. And this is an institution and uh, an athletic department that is very near and dear to my heart. And so I want to make sure that we do a good job documenting this point in Mississippi State history. So when future generations look back and say, you know, what, what was this really like? We will have done a good job explaining what it was like. And as a guy that's written books about Mississippi State, I can tell you the record keeping in the previous generations was not very good. You know, it really wasn't. And so that's part of the challenge for me, too, is I want to make sure we do as be a, a better job than anybody else when it comes to documenting Mississippi State sporting events. So when your children and grandchildren one day want to say, hey, hey, Grandpa, hey, Grandma, what was it like to watch Jake Mangum play? Not only can you tell them, you'll be able to show them. And you'll be able to find all these articles that we've written and, and books that I've written and things like that and say, hey, here it is. Here's the historical event, the accounting of that event that you can read. Because growing up as kids, we didn't have that. We were lucky to even get the score of the ball game printed in the paper sometimes, right? So there's, sometimes I think that uh, we get a little bit misunderstood at times, but the reality of it is, is this is our era to document the Mississippi State story. And the way that I see it, the more talented individuals we have doing that is better for everybody involved. If you hadn't done so, go to, to whenthebottomfalls.com and you can order my newest book. It's a pre-order. It uh, will be printed probably late September, early October. We'll get those to you. I had somebody message me the other day and said, hey, I didn't get my book yet. Well, you pre-ordered it, right? Um so we'll get that to you, and then all my sports books are there. I will do some appearances, obviously, this fall and winter. We'll get out and, uh, and, and check you guys out, you know, and uh, give you a chance to, to get some signed copies. If you order through the website, the copies are signed. Just so you know, if you order through whenthebottomfalls.com, the website, uh, you can find that in all my sports books there. That's Flim Flam, Alpha Dogs, Stark Villains, and dogpile and of course flim flam turns six tomorrow if you haven't read that book you owe it to yourself uh, to do that even though some things have changed since then it's an amazing time not just in my life and in your life but in the history of mississippi sports be sure and check that out if you hadn't already and uh stark villains gear always available at starkvillains.com probably a good idea to jump on board and start thinking about getting a hoodie now Right, something a little bit different, right? A little bit different. You can get a maroon and white one. You can get a black and white one. There's a variety of colors and styles you can get there. And if you're not a member of jeanspage.com, what are you doing? You can get 50% off the annual subscription price as part of our kickoff special. Be sure and go check that out. Uh, come be a part of that. A record number of subscribers. We've never been bigger. We've never been better. And uh, we've got eyes on being even bigger than this. You know, it's like I, you know, we want to be a, a force of nature, not just uh, – you know, a few folks sitting around uh, taking pictures and posting videos and things like that. But uh, we take this job very, very seriously, and I know that you all appreciate it. You deserve this. 
You deserve it. I have so many people that contact me and say, you know, Steve, hey, living out here in Arizona, man, we never get anything about Mississippi State unless we get it from you guys. Hey, Steve, living up in Virginia, it's all ACC talk up here. Steve, in Chicago, it's all about pro sports. We never get any talk about Mississippi State. So we're very happy to provide you guys with a medium to be able to get that information that you desire. People that talk just about your favorite school and the conference of which you love, right? I think we do a good job with that too. Listen, I'm going to get out of here. I'm done giving you guys my resume. I love each and every one of you. And uh, reminder, as always, if you are thinking about hurting yourself or others, dial 988 on your phone. It's a free call. Help is available. Uh, we need you on this side of the grass. There's some big things ahead, right, for Mississippi State and for you. And uh, no matter what you're going through, always remember, it's not always going to be this way. This too shall pass. Good, bad, or indifferent, this too shall pass. Uh, but hang in there, keep your heads up, and let's go cheer these dogs on tomorrow for victory number one. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.